Welcome listeners to series two, episode 15 of Bit Picking, a software engineering podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Greg. I'm Laura. Hello, Greg. Hello, Laura. Hi, Mark. This week, as the UK eases its lockdown slightly, we take a look at the pros and cons of lockdown. We ask, who's a morning person and who's a night person? We consider the passage of time, whether it's been fast and slow, and how we cope with procrastination. And we'll also take a look at how you control your chaos monkey. Let's go. Hello, listeners. We are recording just after uh, the weekend where lockdown was eased in the UK, so the pub's gradually reopened so it looks like things are going back to normal in inverted commas so we thought it might be a good time to have a bit of a review of our time over lockdown um sort of retro style what went well what didn't go well what we've learned about ourselves and and that kind of thing uh, we think that might be interesting so uh mark how have you found lockdown how many how many just so we set the scene um, when we look at this in 20 years time how many weeks have we been out is it i think it's 15 15 wow yeah that's a while isn't it? it's a yeah. while and i've got to say for me uh as someone who doesn't like getting up in the mornings it's been great <laughs> <laughs> not having to get out of bed at like half six in the morning to turf uh get kids to school get prepared you know travel to work all that kind of stuff um i have very much enjoyed waking up at my leisure uh, and and occasionally going on conference calls uh still in my bed clothes (laughs) so what time what what time would you be getting up then if you weren't like what time have you been getting up oh like quarter past eight half past eight wow that is quite late well, I apologise because I realise Laura having a small child, you maybe don't have much uh, much choice in that matter. But looking at mine, are no. a little bit larger than that, and uh, uh, I can therefore relax at my at my leisure. Yeah. Um, and I think God, like life without a commute is quite nice. I mean, I was working from home anyway quite a lot, so I, you know I sort of knew this, but I still had to get kids to school and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so having to not do all that actually has been really quite nice for me. Yeah, yeah, it's quite mad. The the commute, just the cost of it. I mean, I actually work yeah. probably thirty miles away from where I live, so um, the cost of fuel and managing a car and all of that, it's been really stark. Like you just because it's sort of it's like incremental, isn't it? Like you just oh okay, I need to put petrol in, and that's like forty fifty quid or whatever. You don't sort of think of it but then suddenly when you look back and you haven't been doing it and you're like wow i've got like 400 quid more than i normally have at this point in the month it's amazing isn't it i've I've had a full tank since march and it's still not half you know (laughs) does does petrol go off (laughs) it could it could be (laughs) it's past its sell by date so uh i better use it soon just leave the engine running all night or something Well, in my electric car, it's been been great. You know, well, I've got I've got a hybrid as well, and that, um, yeah, I think we we filled up the the tank just the other day because we had to go a little bit further afield. But um, yeah, it's been great from that perspective. Saying that, the amount of money I think I've saved on petrol, I spent it on biscuits or wine. 
they're both. Yeah. Let's be honest. Definitely been quite a lot of spending. More alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just to get through the early mornings and homeschooling definitely. and working at the same time. Yeah. It it definitely uh, the working week does sort of blend a bit now with the weekends. Mm. I find. You know, Thursday yeah. is pretty much Friday. That's wine day. Monday is yeah. pretty much Sunday. <laughs> And then you've only got a couple of days in between, so you might as well put some clothes on. Through, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I read an interesting article about that actually, that um, about how during the period, I don't know if you guys felt this, but it sort of felt like it was a bit long and boring. But actually, when you look back, it feels like I feel like I've only been on lockdown for like two or three weeks. You know, and it was like, well, that's a bit unintuitive, isn't it? Why? Why is it both boring and also really quick at the same time? And so I found this article, it was on Twitter, um, like most things, um, that basically said that um, you feel like it's going quite slow when you're in it because there's no events. So everything just blends into one because when you, you know, you're just doing the same thing every day. Yeah. But, but it's the same reason why it feels like it goes fast retrospectively because when you look back, your next anchor point is the last interesting event. Yeah. But of course that was so long ago that it compresses the time because maybe there's only been two or three sort of anchor points around that period. So, you know, it feel, I don't know about you, but for me, it feels like lockdown, you know, you, I look back and I think, well, it's, it's July now. When did that happen? You know, well, for and, me, for me, it's felt like two or three years. It's oh, that's it. oh completely <laughs> different then. And I think it's because like you say the anchor points where it's quite one long monotonous, you know, thing. And you, you look back to the last anchor point, whereas, when you've got a small one in the house, every few minutes is different and it's oh, just right. like okay. explosive one minute and then it's quiet for a few minutes and then it's like absolutely crawling up the walls <laughs> for oh, like really? an hour and then it's it's like there's too many anchor points. <laughs> okay. just, it's just constantly like, oh, change. change. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of different, but yeah, it's everyone's different. There's other people I know with small kids who've really enjoyed it and they've said, you know, actually they're reassessing whether they should be homeschooling oh, wow. or, or not and um not me wow. but <laughs> it is yeah different everyone's different it's quite interesting how everyone's experienced it differently yeah um, yeah i think um i mean a question that obviously is coming out of this is the future of remote working mm. and you know a, a the fact that all those years that companies put up a fight against remote working will never work um, yeah. but actually, you know, in a lot of cases, proven to be um, to be not true, and in, in a lot of cases, you know, anecdotally, productivity has actually gone up um, from people being able to work from home. Um, and you can see, a, you know, a position where a lot of companies just may not really bother going back at some point. You know, I've seen some very major companies announce permanent work from home policy. Mm. Um, you know, my current company, we, we, we had a sort of rented office. We stopped renting it. We've not really got a motivation to rent another one mm. right now. Like, yeah. you know, we would, what would we use it for really? Um, it might, it would of course be nice occasionally to get together, but that can happen in various places. It doesn't have to be in a, uh, in an office space. Yeah, you can have the quarterly retreats. Yeah, get around, it, get around a campfire in the Wareham Forest or something. We could fly us around the world <laughs> to Hawaii or something, and we could all meet there. That would be the 
the ideal. <laughs> so you chose Hawaii. You All chose Hawaii. Thing. I chose where and forest. <laughs> just, just like five Pretty miles away. Same thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're having that conversation right now, actually, as a as a management team about um, uh, bringing people back to the office, and it is a bit of a bizarre conversation because you think, well, why are we talking about how we're going to bring people back? Because we've been operating, you know, quite successfully, and, and on aggregate, probably more successfully without people in the office. So, are we just saying we want to work less successfully now? Um, yeah. which it depends on the type of work doesn't it if it's something you have to really closely collaborate on is that possible um you know yeah. new stuff new products new features but if it's business as usual can you do that remotely because you kind of get in your own little lane and i see that that is a good point because it depends yeah because at this moment and in the last few months we have it has been sort of just keep things going rather than sort of lots of risk taking about new mm. new things that probably do require a bit more collaboration. And actually just today, one of the comments was made was, um, uh, if we don't come back, do we lose some of the culture that's been built up over years? Because um, we do have quite a, you know, a close knit family style culture, which has its good points and its bad points, but, you know, will, will a sort of more permanent remote first strategy ruin that and what does that mean to the overall success of the business you know how, how much does that play into the things we do and how how good we are at them i don't know it's just an interesting sort of question isn't it because mm. from a practical perspective yeah it all works you know we could shut that office down like mark's saying not have the rent or any of those um overheads but what what does that mean on in on these sort of less tangible things yes <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the SHL canteen. I was thinking about how much I miss the canteen. <laughs> That's the good bit, isn't it? Yeah, like the, the, the canteens, the food. <laughs> well, yeah, the, so, the social sofas. interaction, isn't it? You know, it's, yeah. Um, I mean, I think this is the trouble, isn't it? Nobody really knows the answers. You just sort of, you know, like nobody's got the sort of the balls to sort of I mean, some people have, but not generally. People don't have the balls to suddenly say, right, we're all going remote first so we can save the overheads of the office and blah, 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 blah. But being forced into it, you're now like, oh, that didn't, well, that wasn't that bad. At least yeah. it wasn't for us. Like, like Laura said, everyone's experience is slightly different. You know, but I think what it has taught people is like, right, well, we've just got to see what happens in a way, you know, like, because yeah. we don't know. I mean, I heard someone say today that the, the next predicted spike is around Christmas time when the weather changes, you know, so what, you know, yeah. does that mean that there's like the fear factor and now we're not going to, we're not going to do things we might do because, you know, well, what, what if it comes back and all that kind of stuff. So I still yeah. think we're in a bit of a holding pattern for a, a longer Long period. Mm, I have to say that with like everything opening up this weekend, it's actually made me more nervous to go out because... Yeah. suddenly there's like loads of people everywhere and you think we're not quite past it and yeah there's still a chance isn't it that you could get it so it's made me more nervous yeah. in a way <laughs> but yeah it i'm is, definitely yeah, not yeah. worried about the working from home but I actually quite like the working from home I feel like i've been more productive and got more done but it's just yeah trying to do that at the same time schools are not in <laughs> so yeah, yeah I think I the, key, the key thing is the choice isn't it mm. right, and that's what companies have put up a fight against you know, a lot is no, actually the only way to work is in the office. So not even giving the people the, the choice of mm. working from home, whereas actually it does work, you know, for a lot of people, you know, 
not just remote working, but choice of, of hours as well. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm far more productive in the afternoon, the evenings than I am, uh, mm. than I am in the mornings. Um, so I don't particularly like sitting at a desk at nine o'clock feeling like I'm trying to drag my brain along and it's just <laughs> not ready to do it. Um, so at least it's opened up that world of actually having a choice is a good thing. Yeah. And I'm sure it will get abused. People do and will abuse it. That's, that's kind of life, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's the thing because if you were starting with a remote first or working from home strategy, then in your recruitment process and your selection process, you would, you know, you would probably find people who are good at that, but given everyone's now in it, I mean, I certainly know people at my place that aren't very good at it. So it's interesting that we've all sort of said that we're more productive and we prefer that way of working. But I certainly know people who, some that admit it and some that don't, where this has been a disaster for their productivity, mm. you know, because they need to have people around them to sort of, uh, this isn't the right word because we don't stand there whooping, but to sort of egg them on <laughs> and make sure they keep, they keep sort of doing stuff. And um, yeah, and I suppose for those people, that's, Sort of, they're probably thinking oh wow i don't want to stay like this forever yeah, yeah. and i think um you know that is um, for me having worked remotely before lockdown as well actually you know I've, i don't think my productivity has been higher working but like it's been nice not to have to again you know sort of be be out of bed at half past six in the morning and doing all that kind of stuff but um my productivity i think has um has dipped a bit um, from not being around people and it does lead to when you're not around people to bounce ideas off and talk to and, and validate things and, and all that I, I think that can um, you know, it can get quite uh, uh, dangerous sometimes when you're left alone with your own thoughts <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, and, and sort of the, you know, the anxiety starts going up um, about is this right is this not right you know, and, and things that may otherwise just be a casual conversation now become, now I have to try and get someone's attention. I have to you know, arrange to speak to someone, you know, as much as yeah. we like to think yeah. with all the communication channels we have these days, it would be as simple as push a button. Can we have a chat? Actually, it's, it's, it's not really like that in my experience anyway. Um, yeah, I found that's quite funny um, that you mentioned that, but actually now the friction to actually speak to you is so much lower. I just find people just sticking stuff in everywhere. Right. And you're like, well, actually, like you wouldn't just do that all day. You wouldn't be in meetings all day. You'd have to have some time to get the work done. Yeah. And yeah. it's, yeah, like with clients and with colleagues, it's like suddenly they're like ringing. There's all different channels going off. Yeah. <laughs> Including that's teams. That's the way I think people, people push back because they're like, well, now I've got, you know, not only are people pinging me all the time, they're pinging me through five different channels. My mm -hmm. phone is going off, Teams is pinging, Slack is pinging, yeah. and Discord, Email. whatever it might be, right? And all these things are going off, different noises. Uh, and a lot of people's reaction to that is to just actually say, I'm just going to ignore it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to pre <laughs> pretend it's not there or I'll come back yeah. to it later and you, and you inevitably don't. Um, so it does make it then you know, difficult to actually get hold of people and, and, um, you know, talk as easily as if you, you know, were with them in an office, I would say. Yeah. I mean, we, we rolled out teams just before uh, we had Slack, but we, we ended up with teams as part of our email service. So we sort of rolled that out to see whether that was um, useful because we weren't paying for Slack. Um, 
just before this all started and then this happens we were like right well, okay well we've, we've, we're already sort of trialing teams so this is now our replacement for the kind of overhearing in the kitchen style um conversation or you know if you you need to talk to someone but you don't need to stop them in their tracks you know you can send something on teams and it's been quite an interesting rollout i mean maybe we'll talk a bit in a second about teams as a product itself but um it's, again some people have really struggled with that idea of a kind of chatty informal type of communication technique and they sort of they sort of treat it a bit like email like oh well if so, like sort of urgent emails like oh if someone sends me a teams message i must stop what i'm doing and deal with it now and then they don't like that so they complain about it other people use it more as a just socially chatting and it's just sort of replying to every thread on everything with cat gifts and that kind of stuff so <laughs> Like this lockdown has really sort of really brought forward the sort of different personality, work personalities people have. You know, they're sort of like when you're all in the office, it's a bit, I can't say the word, homogenous. Yeah. You know, like everyone sort of follows a, an expected pattern and now everyone's it's in their own natural, natural environments and you start seeing how they really are, you know, yeah. not in bad ways, but, you know, that's certainly something I've noticed yeah I can I get what you mean why everything just sort of averages out everyone has like a an acceptable baseline don't they that you know is culturally acceptable um but yeah like when everyone's in their own homes you see there's like their natural environment and how they are I've noticed people dressing differently you know and right. I've noticed even like me I keep I stopped take I haven't put my watch on until today for like three months which is really weird I find <laughs> oh wow and, is, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all wild in the Yarrow household. <laughs> That's all I had. Crazy time. <laughs> to add that. Crazy yeah. time. Did you guys have the thing where at the beginning you, um, uh, I don't know, you, I, what I was doing was I was really like into it at the beginning. I was like, this is great. It's novel. Unlike Mark, I was making sure I got up on time. I was like really productive. You know, I was washing the car. I went out and actually bought a like pressure washer and I did all my patios and everything. I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. I never get a chance to do this. And nothing's really changed, but now it's gradually gone off. And now I'm like so lazy. <laughs> you know, I don't do you've anything. done everything. <laughs> yeah, you've run out of things to do now. That's the problem. <laughs> finished all I'd, the DIY. I'd love, that. I'd love it if that was true, but my wife begs to differ. <laughs> but now I'm having all sorts of trouble with motivation and I don't know if it's, you know, I don't, I don't know what's happened, but I'm not. I'm just, you know, I, I'm well in that procrastination mode where there's things I can do and I can do them really easily. Like I can easily get them done and I don't. And I'm like, oh no, I'll just wait until like, I mean, these are all the tricks that a classic procrastinator would be like, I'll just wait <laughs> to the top of the hour. You know, I'll just quickly yeah, look at BBC News and then uh, I'll start that thing at 11 o'clock, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That kind of stuff. I'll just so finish doing this thing. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys, have, if you feel that and if you've got any tips to help me get back into, you know, like productive, like all of the day instead of just like Mark at sort of weird hours where I suddenly <laughs> go manic and get it all done. You know? Yeah, I, mean, I find that too. Sorry, go on, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, Laura. Um, I'm I'm king of the procrastinators. I'm a, so, so I, I don't have tips on how to not procrastinate, but I can help you to procrastinate even further. <laughs> you think it's got better or worse during lockdown? Oh, I think it's got. I think it's got worse. Right. Okay. I think it's got worse. Well, I think like procrastination is very, um, very tightly tied. I think to um, confidence 
right and and sort of self-confidence in in what you're doing and i think related to what i was talking about um when you're remote when you can't talk to people you know maybe not for for everyone but certainly i felt for me um you know that certain anxiety of like i'm not quite sure about this i'm not quite sure how to approach this or how to do this um and because you're not um you're not necessarily talking to people that there's a bit of a feedback loop that happens yeah right and you start thinking about it more and you start thinking about and then you start thinking about the fact that you're procrastinating and then you start thinking about what a terrible job you're doing because you're procrastinating and then you procrastinate more because you're busy thinking about that (laughs) and it becomes this kind of very deep um uh loop sometimes um yeah and and i think breaking out of that is the the most important thing i know you know i know sort of your procrastination was is maybe um a, a lighter tone than that i don't know but <laughs> but um yeah but but I, but I think that's true I, I think um it is all about if you if you're not quite sure about something if you're going into the unknown like uncertainty yeah is um well you, uh, i suppose you've in the office you've got that sort of camaraderie right that you're all you're all there doing it together, even if you're not literally doing it together, but you can have that quick chat and say, right, well, yeah. this is what I'm about to try. And, you know, and you can sort of break off after 45 minutes and sort of rubber duck a little bit with someone, even if you don't know you're doing it. Whereas of course yeah. you don't have that now. You've just got like, like you say, it's just all unknown. Yeah. You know? and I, well, I mean, it, but it goes, it goes beyond just the task at hand then, right? What it goes into is clearly everyone thinks I'm doing a terrible job. Oh, right. you, don't have, you don't have any input to tell you otherwise yeah well like you said that feedback loop yeah yeah exactly so you get into that feedback loop of like well everyone thinks i'm doing a terrible job so um you know and then you feel a bit sort of depressed about it and then you don't bother doing whatever and then you think god if, if only i'd done that thing you know and yeah. you've only got your inner voice to listen to haven't you as the feedback and yeah you know and you, yeah. sort of, you get into that you know you let's say you've got four weeks to do something and after the first week, you've not achieved anything. You think, oh, I've not achieved anything for a week. That's that's terrible. And so you don't do anything. And then after two weeks, you think, oh, I haven't done anything after two weeks. If only I'd started last week when I realized <laughs> that I hadn't done anything and I wouldn't be in this situation. But now you feel even worse about it. So now you've done yeah. nothing for, for three weeks. And you think, oh, <laughs> but if I'd started last week when I realized that I should have started the week before. Week before, yeah. I could I could have avoided all this. It and, just um, compounds, yeah. And it just it just it, it does just just compound. And I think, um, you know, for a lot of people working remote, and I've you know I've discovered that I'm I'm one of these people. It is a very serious problem. You know, we mentioned talking about um, mental health. And I, I think you know for um, a lot of people, they don't they don't necessarily recognise that they you know it's a you think that it's a fault. You think that it's, you know, you're the only person doing that. And I think, I don't think that's true. I think a lot of people yeah. um, uh, suffer from that. And for me, um, uh, you know, I think this is worth saying, and I, I haven't, I haven't told anyone else this, but for me, it got to a point earlier this year where I felt I had to go and talk to someone about that right. because I got so anxious, so anxious about what I was doing or not doing, even though I was, you know, actually capable of doing it. Um, and this was before before big lockdown, like just because you said yes, you've been this working was from before home. lockdown. But again, because I was working remote, I had kind of the same the same right. thing, okay. you know. And I suspect that um, I suspect that it's more prevalent amongst people than 
than we know. You know, I like mm-hmm. say I got to a point where I recognised that I had to talk to someone about it because it was it was getting in the way of right. me doing what what I needed mm-hmm. to do. And I'm I'm willing to bet that there are people listening to this who may feel the same way as well, and you know may need to go and and have that yeah. same conversation. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and did that did that talking help? It did. It did. Um, you know, and it's um, there's a lot of. Uh, uh, you know sort of tied it back to the fact that doing what we do as software developers we tend to have logical brains we we have a problem we can solve it by writing some code um where a lot of anxiety is seated is in the fact that your your logical brain is trying to attack emotional problems it's trying to attack uncertainty mm. there mm. are things that you cannot know the answer to right you don't know whether this project is going to need six people or 12 people right or you don't know what will happen you know next year you don't know whether this thing that you're trying to design will will work there are steps that you can take to take away the uncertainty but there's always an element of uncertainty um and and for people who have logical brains that you're trying to bring that logical you're you're trying to bring a, a logical knife to a emotional gunfight Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's no stack um, overflow for for that emotional problem or like a manual or a readme yeah yeah, yeah exactly nothing like that and and things like procrastination and the anxiety that comes from that um are quite common and i think procrastination people a lot of people put it down to like a time management issue but actually it is an emotional issue with the brain so the brain there's parts of the brain and it's been studied that people who are more prone to procrastination have a part of the brain that doesn't block the emotional signals coming in that interrupt it all the time. Right. Um, and that, that can make some people procrastinate more than others. Yeah. So it's not really a time management thing. It's, it's actually an emotional thing. And yeah. um, obviously that can make some people more and more anxious than others. If it's those signals keep getting in yeah. and interrupting yeah. you all the time. Um, it's, it's different to the, to what Greg's doing, which is um, what I like to call cyber loafing, <laughs> <laughs> which is what I do. I need a t-shirt with I'm a cyber loafer on, but yeah, there's, there's a much more yeah serious procrastination. An article that I can recommend, um, a, a website called Wait But Why that you, you may have heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and the guy there wrote um, a fantastic article about procrastination. And he described he described exactly what what you were talking about there, Lauren. Mm-hmm. But the way he described it was, you know, there is in your head there is a rational human being, right, that that has experience and skills and and knows stuff. Um, but that human being has um, has a pet, right, and the and the pet is basically the chaos monkey. Right. And the monkey just wants to do whatever it needs to do, right? And the monkey doesn't care about <laughs> what you're supposed to be doing. It doesn't care yes. what's happened before. The monkey just wants to do um, whatever is most fun and least stress right now. Um, and so the monkey kind of grabs the steering wheel and is constantly steering you. And, and they, um, you know, one thing that really resonated with me um, in that article was um, the idea of the dark playground. And the dark playground is where the monkey wants to go, right? It's a playground. It's fun, but it's not really fun because the rational human being knows that you're not supposed to be in the playground. So whilst you're there going on all the rides, 
you've constantly got the stress and anxiety and, and, and fear that you know that you're not supposed to be there yeah, yeah. and the play you know the things that you're supposed to be doing are not getting getting done so it's actually no fun whatsoever and if you just done the thing you were supposed to do and then done the fun thing it would have been so much more fun <laughs> yeah. um you know and and i understand that 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 feeling massively i, I think you know i'm because for me actually the dark playground often is code um if i have you to just go, want to sort of keep keep coding yeah exactly yeah. you know given the choice between writing this um uh, this business case or this slide deck or giving this talk or whatever it might be actually i'll be like I'll, I'll do that later you know i've got i've got at least three hours until that needs to be done yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> plenty of time right now that'll leave me two hours to do it and of course you get to two hours left to do it and you go oh, i reckon i could get another hour of coding and then, <laughs> again, you know, and then you find yourself 10 minutes because the thing the thing that they describe in this article as well that um disrupts the um uh the chaos monkey is the panic monster uh, that's the only thing that the monkey is is scared of is that there comes a point when pure panic kicks in right, okay. you realize that you've got to do something uh, and that's when you can actually <laughs> get something done but of course it will never be um you know the thing that you like to the standard if you like that you were supposed to have done it um or would like to have done it you know and then you repeat the cycle because then you you have um uh you know kind of uh loathing of yourself for having not done the job that you you wanted to have done and you know, repeat the cycle so. So, so would you say that knowledge of that like having read that and, and spoken to to someone and whatnot do you think that um i mean it's obviously well it sounds like it helped but do you, do you now remember it so do you, do you like what i'm asking is do you recognize when you're in those modes so that you know how to sort of get out of it I sort of have an experience where that yeah, helped me. I, I, I have a I have a better understanding of it. Let's put it that way. It doesn't doesn't stop that that happening. But um, you know there are um, there are sort of tips and tricks for how you can you know try and kind of teach your brain to get out of that. You know, yeah. some of it is very practical advice. You know, some of it is um, you know giving yourself small goal so rather than going right i have to now um you know write this write this business case right you know you start off with okay i need to go and get these numbers or that those numbers or whatever right so breaking it down to much smaller chunks than you than you would do otherwise getting yourself started is the yeah the you hear that a lot thing. don't you just just yeah. start you know yeah um, and then see not see what happens but you know, yeah and what's what the other to. one eat the frog do the worst thing first. Eat the frog. <laughs> I haven't eaten any frogs. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we do the, do the worst thing first. Yeah, do the worst yeah. thing, the, the one you're dreading the most or the biggest task, just do that first, get yeah. it out of the way yeah. because then that sort of makes everything easier. The rest of them look smaller. That's fine. Yeah. This is, this is going to sound silly, but that's how I eat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and me and my wife have the exact opposite where she would always have, like if there's treats in the house, they go first, whereas I'm the opposite. And I'm like, I'm going to keep them for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have all them. the broccoli and cauliflower now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, I do always think there are, you, you can know a lot about a person, about whether they leave the thing they don't want in their dinner till till last. The willpower, yeah. Um, or whether they eat it first. Because I'm, I'm like you, I'll, I'll get rid of the, the, the thing I don't really like, I'll eat first so I can enjoy the, 
the other bits rather than, you don't want it left over at the end do you, you don't want it hanging <laughs> no. over you no no and i asked that question about whether you can recognize it because um this is this isn't well it isn't sort of on the same level but i used to have a, a crippling fear of flying which mark will know because we used to live together and <laughs> and it was quite difficult at work because we had Did to we? travel we used to live I didn't together. know you guys used to <laughs> work live together, together. <laughs> work together <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that was a forgotten period. Slip, slip of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's Freudian slip there. It's like everything's merged together, hasn't it? Work. That's it. I mean, because everyone's remote now, so we all live in one yeah. world yeah, inside yeah. Zoom. We live in work. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. Anyway, Greg, we, we disrupted you. Sorry. But I, so I, I couldn't fly, and there was a couple of instances where I was, you know, at the terminal, my bag was on the plane, and I just, you know, I, I couldn't get on the plane. Um, and there's all sorts of aviation laws about what happens in that situation such as delaying an entire flight from London Heathrow to Seattle while they have to crawl into the um the the baggage area and pull out my bag because you can't leave so it was pretty embarrassing and I was pretty worried about it I went to see someone and I went through all sorts of techniques one of them the big sort of poster child is this mindfulness one mm -hmm. where it sort of tries to teach you how your brain is working and, and out of that I'm, I'm pleased to say that the flying thing has um, resolved itself or you know I fixed it or whatever the correct words are but certainly what was interesting about that was being able to recognize when my brain was you know when this monkey I don't know that article too well but when that was happening and now I'm quite I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm quite good at seeing that and then so I'm not sure I have I'm very good at resolving it but I certainly am more aware of my own emotions whereas prior to that you know, not just with the fear of flying. Like I, I was just didn't know what mood I was in. And people would say, why are you in an angry mood or why are you so hyper or whatever? And I was like, well, I, I didn't really recognize it. Whereas now I'm much more in tune with how my sort of brain is interpreting events. Um, like I said, I'm not sure I'm necessarily good at sort of fixing it. Mm -hmm. But certainly that, that sort of going through that, those sort of talking therapies at that time, um, you know, and I, and I remember thinking that it should be taught I mean, I know we're going through this phase at the moment of sort of demystifying and, and all of that with mental health. But I remember coming out of it thinking, why, why, you know, why isn't everybody hearing about this stuff? Yeah. You know, why is it sort of hidden? And it's only when you're ill, in inverted commas, you know, because it's really just like how to sort of, this probably is a bit bold, but how to live, yeah. you know, like how to know yourself and how to, you know, sort of. So, yeah, so I was really... um. I really yeah, um, I, sort of pro mindfulness and that sort of. Yeah. And way. I agree. And that's kind of why I feel like it's important to talk about the fact that, you know, I, I sort of came across this because actually, you know, I know without blowing my own trumpet, but you know, a lot of people see me as, you know, I, I have a successful career, right. You know, I've done some, I've done some good things. I know, I know many people, um, you know, think I am uh, very good at what I do. Um, yeah, that's another problem, by the way. People telling you that you've done a great job when you're thinking that you haven't done a great job, which you then <laughs> they're just taking the piss, um, or they're being sarcastic, and so that's a whole other sort of feedback loop as well um, that you get into. You know, so so you sort of think, um, you know, if I can have these crippling fears and doubts about whether I'm doing the right thing or whether I'm capable of doing the thing that people are expecting me to do then you know i'm fairly sure a lot of you know a lot of people will as well and you know i'd echo sort of greg's point is that um a lot of the material that i've um read since then and and and, and talked through as well um is not 
you know, it's not sitting in a room reliving my childhood, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just teaching you some some basic, um, uh, you know, tips about how your brain works, right? Um, you know, it's teaching you to uh, to accept that things like anxiety and fear um, and, and low self-esteem and lack of confidence will happen. And your aim is not to get rid of those those thoughts. Um, it's to deal with them, right, and put them in their right place. Um, you know, there's talk about um, uh, defusion, and defusion is the idea of uh, you don't have to listen to your thoughts. You don't have to do what your thoughts said. And, um, um, uh, the, the best way I saw it phrased was saying, you know, uh, normally you, it would be, I thought X, um, so I did Y. You know, I, I thought I wasn't very good at what I was doing, so I didn't do that piece of work that I meant to do. Um, and instead changing it into, I thought X, so instead, I did Y, which is a, it's it it sounds really stupid, it's stupidly simple, and of course it you know it doesn't always help. But just just thinking that I've, because I've thought this thing, it doesn't mean that I then have to follow that thought, yeah. you know, through to its what I think is 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 its own its own conclusion. Yeah. Um, a, a good one that same article, the way but why talks about um, your storyline, and your storyline is I need to do this bit of work. I'm fairly sure I'm going to mess it up. I'm not going to do a good job. You know, like even before you've, you've got anywhere, you've told yourself that you're not going to do a good job of this. You're not going to, um, you're not going to complete it. If you do complete it, you're not going to, it's not going to be very good. And so it's about changing that story up front to be, okay, I've got those thoughts, put those away, put those to one side. You know, here's what's really going to happen. I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. It's going to be successful. You don't have to lie to yourself, but just don't tell yourself. You know, it, right wasn't that front. a LucasAid advert in the eighties? What? Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> Positive mental attitude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you're right, and that's that's all that yeah. similar in mindfulness. And I guess it's. I mean, it's all on the theme, I guess. But in mindfulness, they talk about um, you know when you have these moments of quiet. And these intrusive thoughts come in and they say, you're a dickhead and you know, you're crap at this. You sort of treat them like clouds and you just watch them. And so as they come in, you just sort of watch them and then eventually they sort of drift by and maybe another one will come up and eventually they drift by. And with mindfulness, if you keep doing it, so you just have these moments of quiet, then eventually like the, the sky's clear because all this, they've all sort of gone, you know, they've had their moment, you know, and then yeah. you calm yourself down. Um, I mean, this is also about sort of fear of flying. And then you go, right, okay, I've, that's that moment's happened. You know, I've got clearer thoughts now and you move forward. So it is, it, it's all in this theme, isn't it? Of just sort of recognizing and um, of these thoughts. And like you said, that they're, they're sort of automatic, like you can't really control them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to happen. Yeah. So what you're going to do, you're either going to like let them control your life or you're going to let them exist and be but then, you know, sort of move forward with more rational thoughts. So it's super hard, though. I mean, we're making it sound really easy, right? Yeah. But I can know it's difficult. No, but it's, it's, <laughs> but it, it is, it's, it's that training, isn't it? Like, it's almost like but by the time you get to the point where this becomes a problem, it's, it's, a, it's a little bit too late, you know, and you, late, you, yeah. you wish that you'd sort of known these things, um, uh, you know, long before, and, and, and it takes practice, right? You know, and mm. I'm just at a point where, uh, you know, I need to practice that and need to 
to work through it um but they are you know i think it's good good guidance um for life you know and it's it's not it's easy when you talk about mindfulness it's easy to think well it's just you know it's some hippie thing or it's, yeah, some, yeah. it's like a, a you know it's doing doing yoga whilst you eat your you know your, <laughs> your cheerios plant-based something or other I, I don't know but um frog um but it's not but it, you know but it, <laughs> you, you plant-based frog yeah um you know but but in reality actually it's 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 simple it's simply about understanding yeah. um the brain and how it works and how you can you can fight against it i think I there's wonder... quite a lot of people that sorry that i think are you know going to be going through the same thing and it's it's not an unusual thing either is it is and especially at the moment i think we're going to see quite a, a collective trauma um, that people are dealing with for quite a few years to come actually after after yeah. this and you know the, the fallout of this on society is quite big especially yeah. children as well so i think there's a lot of kids um like my son and and his friends who've really struggled because we've just sort of ripped their world out from beneath them and suddenly nothing makes sense anymore and you know the, the structures they've had in place mm-hmm. um, are just completely different um for different age groups it'll be different but yeah i think it's going to be something that's quite common yeah. yeah yeah i was just thinking on a similar thought like how how long do societies take to adopt because the mental health um I'm not sure what the words are for it because I, I, I never think straight in uh, in moments like this. But you know, it's like of the moment, isn't it? Like mental health, and it has been for a few years. You know, there's been a lot of good messaging that says, you know, let's not hide it, let's be open mm. about it. You know, like I wonder how long it takes for that to from the starting point now to where it just becomes embedded. I saw something interesting on Twitter about this actually this week. My okay. my dark playground Twitter um, is like <laughs> I'm just starting to think like where are my dark playgrounds? Yeah, it's yeah. there and probably in the fridge. <laughs> but, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, the definitely a dark playground. Um, but yeah, some someone phrased it as what's the R rate of adoption um, or R rate of change in a in ah, an organisation yes. yeah, yeah. or you know and that might be for like UX or agile or you know whatever. And actually, it's all like a scientific thing that there's an adoption rate of certain cultures of Mm. of culture. Um, So I haven't read it yet, but it sounds very interesting. Like it is actually a a proven theory of how long it takes for people to take, you know, for something to take off. Um, Like you say, like the mental health movement. Um, But yeah, there's quite a few people now sit up and take notice and, and it just then it's exponential, isn't it? When more people get involved, more people. Yeah. And there's sort of that, yeah. that critical mass, isn't there? That you know, it, you've yeah. got enough people involved, then it, which I guess is it's not the opposite of herd immunity or something. Infection <laughs> rate. <laughs> Eventually, there comes a point where so many people in the organisation are understand it or live by yes. it that, yeah. that actually it becomes almost impossible for anyone to to not be working in that way. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're saying yeah. we can apply the Gartner hype cycle to the adoption of mental health strategies you know we're in the early adopter or the <laughs> some of the face I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I am interested to see though like for for kids you know what what are the outcomes going to be from this because you know there's um you know my kids my kids are at an age where you know they can look after themselves and therefore lockdown for them has been 
um, YouTube, PlayStation, mm. you know, me and my wife both working throughout the day, you know, even if you wanted to entertain them, there's not an awful lot you can, you can do. There's only so many times you can um, send them out in the garden or, you know, <laughs> play Scrabble or whatever it might be. Right? Um, you know, and, uh, you know, now we're at a stage of just, I'm bored. <laughs> stare at you <laughs> I'm bored okay you know and and then you you roll off a long list and they go eh. and then they disappear off and watch a couple more hours of YouTube more YouTube yeah um, uh, you know and I, I guess you know missing some of that interaction that they would have otherwise had on the screen you know, obviously at first it was great right no school great you know and actually they'd still argue that they'd rather not my, I mean my son has been back because uh, he's year six he's been back um, part time at least um, since uh, since the start of June, and they'd still argue they'd rather not be going to school. But in reality, I think mm. <laughs> they they want to. We we want them to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's difficult being here because also back in the day when I were a lad, but but in our day, you know, we did have we had we had I feel a bit more freedom to go out do things um you know find uh find places to go but maybe yeah, but i suppose i suppose then that was that was necessary right because there weren't there weren't online games and tools like that i think it must be hard to predict because everything is new all the time you know the, the yeah. experience that that your kids are having is not the same that we had at that age yeah it yeah. won't be when they have kids you know um, I mean, I'm not sure when the demarcations are, like between m- m- millennials, zenennials, Gen X, all of that stuff. But, um, but I saw an interesting, and this is sort of unrelated, but um, I saw an article about Bournemouth University and how they do their planning. And apparently the next few years is a low birth rate year, meaning 18 years ago, there was low birth rate. So therefore, the likelihood of them filling their courses is is lower because there just aren't as many people who are 18. So they've really? had to, you know, yeah, which when you think about it, it makes sense, right? If you have a year where there yeah. aren't many people being born, then when they all turn 18, there aren't as many people, you know. Like, oh, that's cool. amazing. Yeah. That's like an 18 year payoff, isn't it? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and so, and people who are in these organizations like universities, this is, and they rely on intake like that, age based intake, mm. you know, this is really important to them. Do you think people who sell like, um, you know, happy 70th birthday balloons have also got to take this into account? <laughs> yeah, I bet they do. 70 years time. <laughs> we just could not make quite so many balloons. Maybe, well, I suppose yeah. they can just sit on the shelf for another five years until there's a high birth rate year. But, <laughs> um, but so like I say, I'm like, you know, we probably won't know what this means, how, you know, the, the generation the young generation now, we we won't know for maybe 10, 15 years what it really means, you know. I'm interested, Laura, in, you know, your experience, you know, you, you've been working home with a uh, with a younger child, probably a bit more demanding of, a, of attention, you know, so <laughs> in the whole remote work, trying to do yeah. it with a, with a child who needs some, some help, you know. Yeah. Do you continue doing it or would you dying to get back to the office? Yeah, well, I actually don't mind the homeworking. That's fine. I can do what I do from home. I mean, 
uh, I'm used to usually sitting with people and talking with them um, face to face, but actually you can do that online. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like balancing our work days back to back and then, you know, school switching over and doing the homeschooling each of us. So yeah, it works. It's just, it's a bit frantic if, you know, you're on a Zoom call and someone's tapping on the door yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just to get getting used to it. We just had to find, find our pace and, and our, you know, get into the swing of it at first and now we are but yeah it was it was quite a long a long run up to getting used to it i think yeah yeah and the other thing i i found is the 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 blurring of the end of the day um you know it's not like you for me anyway can just clock off at five o'clock i think because like i said actually i'm i'm generally more productive when I, by the time i get to that point by five o'clock i'm you know, well underway. Well underway yeah. oh, I, mm. I'm, I'm in something. So actually, being able to to turn off at that point is very disruptive um, for me. You know, yeah. you know, I found my days going on into the evenings. Um, I'm more of a night owl as well. I, I I work the mornings at the moment because it makes sense with the team I'm in. But actually, I I think I'd probably work better into the evening. Mm. But you just you just got to do what whatever works at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like I have two days. Because I do work till five, and then just because of my circumstances, that's a natural, uh, well, five thirty, and then, but then at about ten o'clock, I'm like, right, okay, back to work, and then between <laughs> ten and like twelve, half twelve, that's like another productive session for me, <laughs> and I've got I've got so used to it. I mean, it's like habitual now. I'm like, yeah. right, ten o'clock. I mean, I'm looking at the clock now, thinking, oh, hang on a minute, we're almost out of time. <laughs> yeah. start work in a minute <laughs> is that work work or is that just like your own projects though? it's my own projects but one of the things I've been doing during lockdown is to treat a project as if it's work so I've been pretty disciplined about spending some time on it at sort of mm. every I mean not every day but as much as I can so yeah. um so yeah so and and I think that's it you know that whole thing about if you do something a certain number of times it becomes a habit I think I've hit that because at the very beginning I was furloughed for a few weeks and I was like, right, I'm going to do something. You know, I was properly in that world of like, I'm going to do something. So I was still getting up and getting dressed for work and I was sitting at my computer and doing a thing. And, and I think I just did that so much that I got into the habit of it. And now I don't want to break it because it's, you know, sort of working. It's a good habit. Well now, yeah, but now it's like I'm holding down two jobs. <laughs> now I'm back at work, you know, full time. And I'm like, but hang on a minute. What about my other thing? <laughs> <laughs> Till midnight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think maybe it's, we're running out of time, but I'm just wondering if, if either of you have, um, did you set any sort of lockdown targets or did the, the pressures of, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky, I suppose. I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't have children. So I haven't had any of that pressure. Um, but I wondered if you, you know, a lot of people are like, I'm going to get ripped or, you know, I'm going to learn how to play the piano or anything like that. I wonder if either of you have sort of done any of that. I did. Oh, actually, when, when it first started, I did think I've got, I have got, you know, extra time now and I can invest that in, um, uh, you know, going for a run or whatever it may be. I mean, talking of procrastination, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still supposed to be running a marathon in three months' time, um, uh, uh, and yet I've not really put. I mean, I've been doing some, but not nearly as much as at, at the start of lockdown. I thought this is great; I could go out four times a week. I can really get some training done. Um, 
no, no, <laughs> not, not really happened. But you, you, know. you shouldn't beat yourself up. We, we are in such a weird time. And usually like procrastination is you're trying to distract yourself from the stuff that's painful. And that, yeah. that is obviously painful, isn't it? Oh, like it if is, I was painful, I, I would understand like physically and mentally painful. I'd yeah. be the same, but I think but, I had but, the same aspirations. <laughs> but it falls into the same category as what I was talking yeah. about. You know, you kind of after, you know, saying having not done work for a week and then you've not done work for two weeks and you thought, well, if only I'd started mm. then. And the same, the same is true of running. Yeah. You go out for a run and you think, God, that was really hard. And you think if only I had, yeah, yeah. you know, started a week ago when I was supposed to have started, it would. So the, the right decision at that point is to go, right, now if I really put my training regime into, into action now, then in three weeks time it'll be easier but you don't and then in three weeks time you think if only i had started then when i knew that i should have started earlier then it would have all been fine just but just somewhere. do it i'm off just I'm off. do it <laughs> do you know what they say like start like we were saying earlier start small is you're supposed to just put your trainers on one night and just, yeah, just sit lot, wearing yeah. them and then just wear your full kit and just wear that yeah. for a few weeks and just yeah, you build I've, the habit I've, I've been doing that for years now laura yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i'm talking because i this is what i want to do and i haven't done it for years so uh, no, to, to <laughs> don't fair, take advice i do get out and do it um i just don't do it quite as often as uh, as i should do. but i have already said that i will go tomorrow morning knowing that i'm not a morning person um, <laughs> but also knowing that i was supposed to have gone tonight and i didn't go tonight um so i'm i'm sort of um you're bargaining with yourself. I'm sure there's, yeah, there's something yeah. in that as well. But, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Come back tomorrow, see whether it happened. I might replace my 10 to 12 o'clock second day as a training day. Just start running the streets of Coal Hill at, at midnight. Yeah. <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> All right. Some interesting um, stuff there looks like we've all had some shared experiences and some yeah, yeah, yeah. individual um uh experiences during lockdown but i think all of it is a bit unprecedented i hate that word but it's true mm. isn't it you know i hate when people say it it's like it's unprecedented and you think well yeah it is something has to happen first can't all be repeats of things that have happened in the past <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. a lot of it did right in 1918 with Spanish. that's true that's true yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we I hope that our listeners have um, got something out of that. And uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can tweet us at bitpicking. Come on, Laura. <laughs> I was no, like no, a bit behind there. I was just a, it was a lag on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was thinking we can try something new that I'm stealing from other podcasts. Uh, if you follow us between now and the next episode, you will get a shout out. <sighs> And yeah. we will uh, shout out your name as a thank you, you for to, following us. Do you have to actually shout it? Yeah. Like really loud? Yeah. We should do. Oh, well, well, now, Laura, you've committed us to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get an actual shout. I've committed you like, to um, that. have to do it like, um, you know, the price is right. Yeah. Come on, then. <laughs> and maybe you can get something extra special if you, um, if you actually tweet us something. Yeah. 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 Um, we should set up a Patreon. <laughs> yeah. so that 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 uh, dress again is at bit picking bit picking oh, i need a clapperboard don't i <laughs> three two one you've had 15 weeks to get this right guys <laughs> we procrastinated on it a little bit <laughs> all right um thanks listeners thanks mark 
Thanks, Laura. Thanks, Greg. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Remembered your names. <laughs> See you all soon. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. actually looked at the back look you can pose what the is thing. whoa oh gosh <laughs> like the karma sutra karma sutra skeleton <laughs> for the dead skeleton porn <laughs> whoa <laughs>